Hello, Antioch Community Church. It is so good to be with you, and I'm so excited to worship the Lord today with you guys and to hear from Pastor Johnny as he brings the word of the Lord to us. Uh, before that, though, I just wanted to share a quick scripture. This is actually a scripture that Zach first shared with us via email when this whole quarantine thing started, and it comes out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 7, and it says this, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. What's so powerful to me about that scripture is that it gives us a little window and a little view into who God is and what his heart is for us. So this morning, just thinking about everything going on these days, there may be fear, there may be worries, there may be things in your heart that you're concerned about for the future. There may be uncertainties in life right now, and we're all going through that in different ways. But God's heart for us this morning that we know from this scripture is that it's not fear. God's heart is not fear for you this morning. God's heart for you is one of power and of love and of self-control. God gives us his power by the Holy Spirit. And then he gives us his love that we could be filled by his love and overflow toward others around us. And then he gives us the self-control that we need uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit in order, to, in, in order to do those things. God is incredible. That's how God loves you. That he's not concerned just about big cosmic things or about coronavirus for the whole world. He's concerned about you and about the fear that you have this morning or that you might not have. I hope you're in a good place this morning. But if you are feeling that, I want you to know that that's the God that we're about to worship this morning a God who loves you, a God who doesn't want fear for you, a God who wants power for you through, through his spirit that he gives you. And that to me is just incredible. This morning as we worship, let's let our hearts just rise up to meet God in that place. Can we do that this morning, whether you're on the couch, whether you're uh, standing with us right now, getting ready to worship, whether you're on your knees, whether you're in your bedroom, in your bed, whatever it is, can you just join with us as we let our hearts rise in worship to meet that God and to meet him and to experience his love and his power for us this morning. Let's worship church.
Wow, what an incredible way to worship the, the Lord this morning. Thank you, worship team, so much for putting all the work in uh, to put that together. And I'm so encouraged as your serve team pastor to see you guys using your gifts in this time. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, before we listen to the message out of the Word of God today, we have a few announcements uh, we want to share with you. Here at Antioch, we believe that we are sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice His ways, and build His kingdom in our city, nations, and nations of the earth. And though our circumstances have changed, our mission has not. Therefore, there are a few reminders uh, and a couple of new ways we want to encourage you to walk out the mission this week. Uh, as we consider how we can be sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, we invite you to grow in your relationship with the Lord through our Sunday worship experience. Uh, we've also prepared age-appropriate experiences for your kids, so you can find all of these on our church's dedicated YouTube channels. To find those, just search on YouTube for Antioch Dallas and Antioch Kids Dallas. Additionally, we've been diligent in developing devotions for you personally to spend time with Jesus. You can find these by visiting bewithjesus.me. Uh, the next is that we practice his ways by continuing to attend life groups. Now, during this time of social distancing, we are encouraging life groups to meet virtually. Again, whether you meet via Zoom or Google Hangouts or any other online platform, the point is, is that your virtual life groups be discipleship communities that practice the ways of Jesus together in neighborhoods throughout our city. And another way we practice his ways is through our giving. We desire to continue to live uh, our calling to be a generous church by meeting the needs of those who have needs in this time of crisis. You can give online or by texting the prompt to the number on your screen. Lastly, we've identified two ways to build his kingdom in our city, nation, and nations of the earth. The first is prayer. We are hosting a daily prayer time from noon to one every Monday through Saturday. We are setting aside this time to contend, to contend in prayer and intercede on behalf of our city, nation, and nations of the earth. We've been participating in daily prayer for the last four weeks, and we are experiencing God answer these prayers in miraculous ways, so please join us. The second is through serving by reaching out to our neighbors and city with Christ's love. Now, whether that's an outreach card you give to a neighbor, uh, or letting us know how you can meet a need, or as a life group providing meals for various individuals, we have a way to connect you with those opportunities. And now this week we are going to be providing meals uh, to Austin Street Center, so as you give to the mission, know that you are participating in feeding those who are being impacted with no food or shelter, and that's awesome. Uh, you can find the details for all of the announcements I just shared by going to AntiochDallas.org and you'll see everything there on our homepage. Now, you may be joining us for the very first time because maybe a friend, a neighbor, a coworker either personally invited you or you saw a post on social media inviting you to join us for church. We are honored, so honored that you would take the time to tune in this morning. Now, if that's you, we would love for you to text uh, ADTX Connect. So that's ADTX Connect uh, with no spaces to 97,000, 97,000. And one of our pastors will reach out to you. We'd love to pray for you and get to know you. Now, let's go ahead and give our attention and focus to Pastor Johnny as he teaches out of the book of Philippians this morning. Hey, Antioch Dallas, it is so good to be 
worshiping with you today and to be able to uh, just even open up the word of God with you. Uh, what an honor and a privilege. Every time I get to do this, I just consider it really just my highest honor uh, to be able to bring the word of the Lord uh, to you and be able to share it with you. I, I uh, have been praying for you. We as a staff and as overseers have just been continually praying for you. Uh, throughout the week, particularly at our noontime prayer time. And one of the things that just has really been uh, just on my heart this week to pray for you on is uh, to pray for perseverance. Uh, perseverance is one of those words that anytime we are encountering something difficult and encountering maybe a crisis, uh, we, that word gets, gets thrown around a lot. But if there's something, a characteristic, if you will, of the Christian life is that those who put their trust and their hope in Jesus are also called to persevere. And so uh, what I want to do right now is, as we kick off just this time together, is to be able to pray for you. Uh, as you're watching, as you are engaging, uh, I want to be able to pray that the Lord would continually uh, increase your strength and give you the perseverance to be able to endure, especially during this time that is definitely not easy. It's not easy for us. It's not easy for even my family and my kids. Uh, we've had to have, uh, there's lots of disciplining that, that is going on. There's lots of conversations that are going on, but there's also a lot of joy that is happening, even in the midst of some uh, crazy times. So I just want to take a few minutes here uh, just to pray with you. So if you could just join me in prayer. Lord, we come before you today. And we just say, uh, thank you. And as we continually rejoice in you, we say, thank you for being near, especially in this time. We adore you and we confess really our need for you. And we just say, thank you that, that you continually just surround us, especially in this time. And Lord, if there's one thing that I want to ask for the people of our church to, uh, and for myself and for my family and for the families that are tuning in and listening is, Lord, that you would help us persevere. That as we endure, that the perseverance is not just a, a strict holding on to uh, our own strength, but it's a perseverance and holding on to your hand and your strength and placing our complete trust and confidence in who you are. And so, Lord, I just pray that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, and even in the coming months, that you would be with us every step of the way as we put our eyes and our focus and our gaze on you. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing, a blessing of perseverance over uh, the people of Antioch, Dallas, and anyone who is watching this in this moment. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, no, church, that it is a joy and an honor uh, to be able to, uh, to pray for you and with you in this time. Uh, for today, uh, we are uh, working our way through uh, the book of Philippians. And just as a reminder, uh, one of the reasons that we decided to uh, even pause the sermon series that we were in and stop the sermon series that we we're in and focus in on the book of Philippians is because we believe that during this time of crisis and during uh, this very difficult time, one of the things that we could do is just to provide an anchor for us as we um, uh, just stepped into this time and, and not even knowing how long this is going to last. So I believe that this is our sixth Sunday together 
where uh, you, we are joining together virtually. But for today, we're going to be in the book of Philippians in chapter 3. And so if you could turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. And as you're turning there, I want to tell you that uh, for today, um, I, I want to present to you two big questions and three challenges. Two big questions and three challenges as we work our way through uh, Philippians chapter three. And we're going to begin in verse one and we're going to work our way down. Um, and, and as we work our way down, I want you to just keep these uh, two big questions and three challenges uh, just at the forefront as we make our way through this. So let me read uh, uh, beginning in verse one. It says, uh, Philippians chapter three, verse one, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. A few uh, uh, days ago, or maybe now a week ago, uh, we were in our staff meeting on a uh, on a, one particular morning, and I just, as a way of um, uh, really just trying to lead and trying to shepherd our staff in that moment, uh, the Lord just brought a question into my head that I should ask the staff. And and this morning, I wanted to ask the church at large, and that question is. What have you learned your, about yourself during this crisis? What have you learned about yourself during this crisis? You see, when I asked this question to the staff, there were all sorts of answers that were given, uh, uh, none negative, but just as people were looking into themselves, there was, there was you can tell, just uh, uh, an opportunity for, for us as a staff to evaluate uh, what was going on in inside of our heart and in inside of, of, of our mind. You see, as I can imagine that if, that if uh, we were to ask this question to Paul, as we just read in, in verse one, the first thing that comes up as Paul is talking is that he's talking to brothers and sisters and he says, rejoice in the Lord. And it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. Uh, and it is a safeguard for you. You see, remember, Paul is in prison. He's in chains. He's in crisis. He is suffering on a daily basis because of, uh, of the gospel and because of his uh, faith and uh, giving of his life to the Lord. And in that, he is urging the people that he's writing to to rejoice. But it's not just a simple rejoice, but he quantifies it or qualifies it by saying rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is the source and object and sphere of joy. But he goes on to say, it is not, there is no trouble for me to write these same things to you. So in other words, he has already admonished them and encouraged them to rejoice in the Lord. And then he says this, he says, it is a safeguard for you. A safeguard is a protection and strength in the midst of crisis and suffering. And so if he's, if he's calling a, this a safeguard, he's saying, as you rejoice in the Lord, know that as you're going through crisis and as you're going through uh, suffering, rejoicing in the Lord is going to be the thing that holds you firm and, and is an anchor to you. And then he goes on 
And, it, and I'm just going to skip uh, verse 2, and I'm going to go uh, to verse 3. Because he says, we who are of the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. You see, what he does in verse 2 is that he calls out specific people. And those specific people are people who uh, were excluding others because they thought that because of their uh, pedigree and their education and their um, morality, uh, that they were the people of God. But yet Paul here is describing what true disciples of Christ look like. Now, he's holding up a mirror. And in this mirror, he's, he describes the characteristics of a disciple of Jesus, the characteristics of those who belong to the people of God. He first says that we who are of the circumcision, I'm not going to go deep into this other than to say that this is also a circumcision of heart. In other words, it's a giving of your life completely to God. First characteristic of a disciple. The second characteristic of a disciple that he talks about is he says those who serve God by the Spirit, or we who serve God by the Spirit. The third is their boast is in Christ Jesus. And then the last is who put no confidence in the flesh. Now, as I asked you, what have you learned about yourself in the crisis? I believe that there's a, uh, another question that we could ask. This is not the second question, but this is another question that we could ask under this first one. And that is, can we say that these qualities or characteristics uh, we, we have as we endure in the season, as we consider what has been ripped away, are these the characteristics that define us? Because if you were to take just a few moments and a few uh, minutes here, or maybe even just after you listen to this message, you really just uh, press in and, and, and really just ask yourself, uh, what have you learned about yourself during this crisis and the buffers that you've had in your life that you've insulated yourself as you are uh, self-evaluating? You see, in speaking with many of you as, as, as we've been pastoring and shepherding and just calling and, and making sure that you are okay, and uh, speaking with many of you, what has been expressed over and over and over again is uh, some of you have expressed fear. Others have expressed anxiety. Some of you have expre expressed uh, indifference or worry or boredom. Some of you have expressed anger or emotional distress. And I want to be sensitive here because I, I know that uh, when buffers are being removed or being ripped away, um, that can be very painful. And so I want you to know that, 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 that even though you may be feeling these things, I'm not trying to minimize those. But if anything, I'm wanting to call attention to these things because I believe that these, these things point to and are a diagnostic into what is actually going on inside of our hearts. So think about this. What are the counterfeits that have been exposed now that maybe you, you, you don't have a job or, or uh, you, you, you've lost your identity because, because everything about you was wrapped up in this job? If you are fearful about whether this virus is going to be caught by you or one of your family, family members, what does this say about your trust in the Lord and his ability to protect you? Because I would say that without uh, these, these things, 
or as these things are being ripped away, or if we were to identify them as counterfeits, I believe that you're left with some really raw realities. The reality of who you are. The, the, the reality of the state of your marriage. The reality of the health, whether that be physical, emotional, or spiritual, of your family. The, the reality of how truly close your community is to you. Or maybe it's the reality of the depth of your relationship with Jesus. You see, Paul confronts these realities, and he's saying in the midst of these realities and in the midst of this crisis, rejoice in the Lord. Because I would argue that if your joy, if you're not rejoicing in the Lord, that means that you have tried to place a joy and a confidence and an anchor in things that are capable of being ripped away. Which leads me to my second question. My second big question is, is Christ enough? You see, as I was confronted with this question, as I began to be fearful, I would uh, check the news every day. I would, I would see the count on purpose. I would purposely go out and see how many uh, cases started first in the U.S. and then as it started spreading throughout the U.S. and then eventually it got to uh, here to Dallas, to Dallas County. And, and every day, whenever this uh, hit Dallas County, I would go out to the news and I would look at the count continue to go up. I would also waste time on social media or I would binge uh, on watching shows about big cats on Netflix. I was confronted with this text as I was studying it because I believe here that Paul provides a diagnostic to help us answer this question and the question of, is Christ enough? So let's read verse 7. In verse 7 and 8, he says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, who, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying that as he considered and as he considered the balance sheet of his life, as he considered his profits and his losses, uh, he, he's considering the things that he held as a prophet at one point and the things that he used to boast about. And if you want to know what he used to boast about, just read verses four uh, through six. And in verses four through six, he, he says, these are the things that I used to boast about. And then as he considers Christ, he places those things in its proper place. The first challenge that I want to give to you is to pinpoint. Consider. Try to pinpoint. Where does my mind go to during this time of crisis? Where, what, are, what are my feelings that I'm feeling during this time? What is my speech filled with? You see, as Paul considered the balance sheet of his accomplishments, he pinpointed a desire to know Jesus more. In fact, he wanted to know Jesus uh, so much that he was willing to lose everything that he had achieved and take them out to the garbage when he compared his previous boasting with the worth of knowing Jesus. 
It was more worth it for him to get to know Jesus than it was to get to know his pedigree, his education, or his morality. So as you pinpoint these areas in your life, pinpoint what you used to boast in and compare those things to Christ. Pinpoint the areas of boasting, the areas where you have confidence, where maybe strongholds exist, or maybe where you have set something up as an idol that that keep you from boasting and placing your anchor and placing your confidence in Jesus himself. So the first challenge that I have for you is to pinpoint. The second challenge that I have for you is to press in. In verses Uh, In verse 10 and 11, he says, Now, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. You see, Paul here is pressing in a little bit because he says, I want to know Christ. And then he qualifies that by saying, how do I want to know Christ? I want to know the power of his resurrection and participating in his suffering. He says, in other words, I want to live my life the way Christ lived. And I want to be conformed more into his image. I want to take on the mind of Christ and I will not conform to the patterns of this world. Now, as we press into these areas, I, I think that Paul is on to something here. Because as he's describing uh, knowing Christ and his resurrection and knowing Christ and his suffering, what he is describing is taking on the life of Christ. To remove the things that, that, that he used to put his anchor in and to press in a little deeper into those areas and say, Jesus, where there have been areas where I have relied on self, where I have relied on work, where I have relied on my family, where I have relied on health, I want to trade those things and start relying on you and getting to know you. Don't gloss over this pressing in. Because I believe that in this moment, uh, it, it is a moment where we have the opportunity to be able to press in and to know that the Lord is working in and through us. Don't gloss over that fear and anxiety and anger uh, because I think that is where the Lord is wanting to conduct some heart surgery uh, because may I submit to you that that is where you truly need to know who Jesus is. That it is in the midst of that uh, suffering and in the midst of that participation that Jesus is wanting to enter in by the power of his Holy Spirit and and say, mine. And I get tears because as I begin to think about this, uh, we can all agree how much of a fight it is to worship worship the Lord, how much of a fight it is to uh, get in in his word, to to get into prayer and to uh, really dive into community. But the truth of the matter is, is that it is his, it is going into worship and getting into the word and seeking the Lord through prayer and taking part in community that is going to allow the Lord uh, to really start using those things to be, to, for his spirit to come and 
convict us, where we are able to confess that sin, we're able to repent, and the Lord begins to do, uh, a, a, a begins to renew our hearts and renew our minds, where we are now able to say with every fiber of our being that our desire is the same as Paul's, and that is to know Christ. And so my second challenge to you is that after you pinpoint that you would press into those areas and allow the Lord to uh, really conduct some heart surgery there. Now, as I said, I don't want to gloss over pressing in, but we really, we really can't go uh, to my third challenge if we don't press in. But here's my third challenge. My third challenge is press on. Verses uh, 12 and 13, Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider my yet, myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on, verse 14, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul is saying, I haven't been able to achieve, uh, achieve the full reality of getting to know uh, in, all, uh, uh, in all fullness who Jesus is. But you know what? I keep my eyes on Jesus. He's saying, I haven't attained this. I haven't, I haven't been able to grasp it. And how many times have we felt that? And maybe your Christian life, you have felt that as well. I know I do. If, there's, if, you, if I could tell you one of the deepest desires of my heart, and that is to be able to pray more, to be able to have an ability to be able to seek God more in prayer. That's the same for you, I would imagine. That how do you want to grow? That's a common question that sometimes gets asked in uh, among community as you're holding your discipleship groups. And, and one of the questions is, how do you want to grow in your relationship with Christ? And a, a common answer, a common refrain that comes out of that is that I want to be able to know the Lord more through prayer or through worship or insert, yeah, fill in the blank. But what Paul is saying is, I haven't achieved this. I haven't held on to it. But here's what I will do. I will forget the things that are behind me. So whether that was achievements that I have, received, that, that I have gained or, or, uh, or losses that I have endured or failings that I have made. And I am going to forget about those things and I'm going to press toward the prize and, and with my eyes fixed on Jesus. What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for progress, not perfection. What I'm going for is consistency. What I'm going for is perseverance. So church, today, as you uh, press on and you take on this challenge to press on, may your eyes be focused on Jesus. 
where as the writer of Hebrews would say, he would, he would encourage us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles and put our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despising its shame, that our eyes are so focused on Jesus that we are enamored with the beauty of Jesus, that it causes us to lay aside whatever has already hindered the things that you have pinpointed and the things that you have pressed in and you have said, uh, getting to know Jesus is of surpassing worth and I'm willing to lose everything for the sake of gaining that goal, of getting that prize. So I'm challenging you, pinpoint, press in, press on. Pinpoint, press in, press on. Pinpoint, press in, press on. Don't get tired, pinpoint, Press in, press on. I encourage you, pinpoint, press in, press on. And the reason why, uh, you may be asking why, Johnny, and to what end? It is so that we can become disciples of Jesus that are characterized by this mirror that Paul put up at the very beginning, that we are characterized by a life devoted to Jesus, that we would serve God by the Spirit. That we would that our boast would not be in our achievements, but that our boast and, uh, and, and that we would exclude our, all of our ourselves and our achievement, but that our boast would be completely in Jesus Christ, and that our confidence would not be in self, but that our confidence would be in Jesus. And to what end, you may be asking? Paul has already answered that question to the end of being able to fully rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord is a sure and steadfast anchor, a safeguard in times of crisis. So let this time end. Let this, let this COVID-19 season end with an ability for you to be able to enter back into work, back into quote-unquote normal life, knowing that the hard work that happened during this time was completely and totally worth it. I've often said to the staff uh, during this time, and I'll say to you, church, if you're a father, that when you, uh, and you, and you are going to go back into the office and you leave home, that when you go back into the office, let this time be a time that your family looks back to and that where they actually miss you and say, I wish dad was around because of how awesome this time is. That as you step back into normal life, that you would look back at this time and it would be, and you would say, how awesome has this time been? Because this is where I met the Lord. That you would step back in with a renewed sense of vision, with a renewed sense of purpose. That you would step back in with a renewed vision of who Jesus is, with Jesus as your focus and his joy as your anchor. Enter in, in victory, in confidence, knowing that all of the areas that the Lord is wanting to work on is uh, he has worked on specifically in this time and in this season. Now, you may be watching this and you're saying, uh, John, my friend or my family member invited me in uh, because they wanted me to hear a message of hope. 
And you may be saying, I don't know who this Jesus is. Well, I want to tell you, friend, first, thank you for tuning in with us. But second, I want to be uh, in, in just in, in, with the love of Christ, be able to tell you that uh, all of us who are watching this and who are part of Antioch Dallas have come to a specific reality and a recognition. And the recognition is that we need Jesus. And the reason why we need Jesus is because we are broken. And, and because of that brokenness, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, God sent his son to live a sinless life, die on a cross, uh, resurrect on the third day, and ascend to heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father so that we can have a restored relationship with this loving Father. And so I want to tell you today, that you may not have come to a place where you are, are to the end of yourself, or maybe you are to the end of yourself, and either one, whatever, whichever side of the pendulum that you are on, you need Jesus. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask that the Lord uh, would show, reveal himself to you, that he would show up to your uh, room, wherever it is that you're watching this, and that you would be able to encounter this Jesus in the same way that Paul did, that transformed his entire life. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you, and he wants to uh, uh, reveal himself to you so that he can demonstrate the love of the Father to you, who cares for you, who's an anchor for you, who's a safeguard for you. So why don't we just pray together? Dear Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for being near. Thank you for surrounding me, even when I didn't know it. Would you save me, cleanse me, deliver me, and fill me with your Holy Spirit as I place my life in your hands? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, church, my hope is, is that you would take this word and these challenges and that you would apply them uh, to whatever time frame we have left in this time of this COVID-19 season and crisis. And in this time, we're praying big prayers for you. We're praying that you would persevere. And we're praying that you would come to know Christ in a uh, deeper level than what you did prior to stepping into this season. Know that I love you. Know that we love you and that we're praying for you. Wow. Thank you so much, Johnny. What an incredible message uh, to get to be encouraged by today. Uh, as you enter this week, uh, I just pray that you would accept that challenge, which Johnny gave to pinpoint, press in and press on. So as we end our time together, it's time to say our declaration. Our declaration is based off of Isaiah 61, and we say it every week to reorient us to who Jesus is and what he does in us and through us. So let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus is the bread of life, and that means he is good news for our poverty, healing for our brokenness, liberty for our bondage, favor for our world, victory over our darkness, comfort for our sorrow, and provision for our need. 
As such, we are called to be sons and daughters who encounter Jesus. He is at work in our lives, transforming our ashes into beauty, mourning into joy, despair into hope, and building us into oaks of righteousness planted by God to display his splendor. As such, we practice his ways that we might grow vibrant like oak trees. He is at work through us to see people who have been stranded by sin, rescued to life and liberty in Christ. As such, we desire to leverage our lives to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Church, we are praying big prayers for you as we persevere together in this time. We love you. Go in peace.